Welcome to the Freight Broker Bootcamp audio experience, and I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Today, we're going to talk about the differences between double brokering and co-brokering. So let me define both of those. Double brokering, first of all, is kind of like a four-letter word (laughs) in the brokering community because it's very unethical. And let me explain to you what it means. It means that as a broker, if I'm a broker, I tender my load, I give a load to a carrier, to someone that I believe is going to act as a carrier and put that load on their assets, under their trucks, under their drivers, under their control. And then that's my assumption. And then they then rebroker that load to another carrier, right? So they then and it's unauthorized. So it's the unauthorized rebrokering of a load. So let me just simplify that. Double brokering is the unauthorized rebrokering of a load to another carrier or broker, right? Now, the reason why that's a challenge, right, is because number one, I, I put a few notes down here because I want to make sure you guys get the full and complete here. Number one, it doesn't, you know, first of all, it It doesn't allow the freight broker who tendered the load to know who's actually moving the freight. They don't know who the end carrier is. That's a challenge, right? That's a problem. Um, The broker doesn't know whether the actual carrier has the permits or the, you know, or has had the opportunity to really vet that carrier. They don't have, they haven't been able to vet that carrier to make sure they have all the requirements, whether that be permits for hazmat, if it's a hazmat load, or if they understand the permits needed for a heavy haul load or if they have the proper amount of insurance for cargo, right? So those are examples they don't have, they haven't been able to vet the carriers. The broker doesn't know if the carrier's insurance is adequate, like I said, and it doesn't know, um, they haven't been able to do the due diligence. So it takes a lot of the control away from the broker. So let's just summarize that again. I'm a broker. I have identified a carrier that says they're gonna haul my load from point A to point B. We've agreed on a rate. I then tender the load to them. They send me the rate confirmation back and I assume that they are going to move that load. They then take that load and rebroker it to another carrier. Under an, So the freight is now running under another carrier authority, another DOT, a truck that they don't control, a truck that they don't insure, right? So now it's a daisy chain effect. So they've I no longer have control over that freight. That is what they call double brokering. And that is something you should never do as a broker. You should never do it as a carrier. Now, most brokers, when they do it, they don't know it's happening to them, okay? Um, Because the carrier just decided that they were going to take, you know, take... uh, uh, take the privileges of, of rebrokering it for whatever reason. They may come up with some sort of an excuse and say, well, my truck wasn't going to be able to make it. So I gave it to a carrier that I'm friendly with. That's not okay. So in your broker carrier agreement, you need to make sure that you have a clause in your broker carrier agreement that says no unauthorized rebrokering of loads you know, so that's really important that you have some sort of a clause in there that that identifies and is very specific about the rebrokering of loads. In my contract, I said that if they rebrokered a load, they then forfeited any compensation that could have been possibly generated from that, and that I don't owe them any money. Okay, so the fact is, is that I don't want, I never wanted people rebrokering my loads. Now it did happen from time to time. 
Um, and so the, we, we had a, what we call a one and done scenario. If a carrier ever rebrokered a load to another carrier without our authorization, we then terminated them and blacklisted them forever. They could never, we could never do business with them again under any circumstances. That's just the way it worked. All right. So that's double brokering. And that's something that you as a freight broker need to pay attention to regardless whether you choose to pursue what I'm going to now identify as co-brokering. Now, co-brokering has some similarities, but the difference is, is that it's done with full transparency between all the parties. So for example, let's run that scenario. I'm a broker. I have a load that goes from point A to point B. And I decide that I want to work with a carrier or I want to work with another broker on this load because they have a, they have a, a, a specialized skill or they've identified a niche with that they're very good at and that they're probably even better than me. And we've decided that we're going to work on this freight together. So it's not usually a one-off load. It's something that's consistent, right? And so we then as two brokers put together, we have an agreement that we put together a simple agreement. You, you know, the TIA has a model, uh, you know, co-brokering agreement that you guys can look up online and get access to. And then you could, you could, uh, customize it to your own, but ultimately, you know, a co-brokering agreement is where two brokers agree to work together and so that both benefit. So the, so the example is I may broker, I co-broker with, I'm broker A, I co-broker to broker B, and then co and then broker B then finds the carriers, vets the carriers based upon a, you know the standards that we've established, and then dispatches the truck and goes through the final delivery, and we both make money. So I would then establish a rate that I would give to the broker, and then the broker would then establish a rate they would give to their carrier. And then at that point, so it's almost like a wholesale situation where I'm the I'm the originating broker. They're the, you know, the, the carrier broker because they're handling the actual carrier side and we're both able to make money. Now, typically as a broker, you, you will make a little bit less money, but you're also not doing the work because you're partnering with another brokerage. So I hope it makes sense. The biggest difference between double brokering and co-brokering is that double brokering is unauthorized rebrokering of freight. And co-brokering is in a partnership type format where there's full transparency and all parties know that the other party is going to be rebrokering loads and they work together on that freight. Now, a couple of reasons why you might want to consider co-brokering. I mentioned one already, and that is co-brokering is a lot of times done when an existing customer of yours has asked you to take on additional responsibilities. So let's give you an example. Let's say, for example, I'm a, I'm a flatbed broker, right? So I do a lot of flatbeds and my clients rely on me for flatbeds. And then they come to me one day and they say, listen, we've got this big project that we want to do, but it's all heavy haul. So it re requires, you know, RGNs and step decks and permits and all this stuff that I've never, I don't have specific experience with because most freight, most flatbed loads don't run under that type of, uh, you know, with that type of difficulty. So heavy haul has some nuances to it, right? So it's, it's a very small niche, not a small niche, but it's a very defined niche, I should say. And so rather than me trying to learn that entire process for this project as a way to support my customer and to make a little bit of money, what I might do is I might 
set up a co-broker relationship with a broker that has that specific niche that they are very, you know, uh, very educated, very process oriented, very well established in that niche. And we put together a co-broker relationship for this project. So it's fully transparent. We have a co-broker contract that defines everything, including the vetting of the carriers, the process, how everybody's going to get paid, all of that. And then I get the loads from my customer. I quote my customer. I get the loads from them. I give the I give a sell rate. I sell a rate to the broker. So I have some sort of a margin built into that. So for example, if the load were $2,000, maybe I'm going to make $200 on the load. So I give it to the the other broker at 1800 and then that broker has to go cover it for less than 1800 in order to make some money. So they maybe they make $100 on the load or $200 and then they find a carrier that'll run it for 16 or 1700. We made 200, they made 200, the carrier made money, everybody's happy. So that's an example of how and why you might want to consider co-brokering. I've seen I've seen other niches like for example, uh, hazmat is something that's very specific where co-brokering can work well, where a broker has very specific knowledge and a carrier-based setup around hazmat. Um, I've also seen it with bonded freight. I've also seen it where it's cross-border. So there's some nuances associated with cross-border freight. And again, oversized equipment or sometimes even the last mile, like local contracts, right? Where you're doing local moves. So those are some examples of some niches where you might want to pursue co-brokering type relationships. Now, here's what I'm going to suggest. I would not make co-brokering relationships your primary source of revenue. You still want to establish your own brokerage. You still want to establish your own processes. You still want to build your own carrier base. You still want to have those direct clients. So, but the key is you can generate additional revenue or supplemental revenue by leveraging co-brokering, whether you're the originating broker who has the relationship with the shipper direct, or whether you're broker B who's now handling the carrier side, there isn't an opportunity for you to supplement your revenue, supplement your profit, and help support your client even further. Because again, at the end of the day, it's really about servicing your client. And if you're in that scenario where you're doing flatbed freight for a client, a shipper, and then they ask you to do heavy haul, you have two options. You can either say no, which is not always a bad answer. You can say, no, that's not what we specialize in. Or you can say yes, and you know you can uh, establish a relationship with someone who has the skill set and the resources and the time and energy to actually make it work at a high level so that you can then support your client. So again, I don't want to sound like a broken record here, but double brokering is the unauthorized rebrokering of freight by a carrier right? So you tendered it to a carrier, they then rebrokered it to another carrier, which loses control and causes a daisy chain effect and has all kinds of implications associated with it. That is unethical. It's not illegal, but it is definitely unethical and you don't want to promote that or be any part of that. Co-brokering is where you have full transparency and you establish a partnership with another broker in an effort to complement each other because working together, you will provide more value for your client where you are both able to generate some additional profit. So that's the primary difference between 
double brokering and a co-brokering. Those are some of the pros and cons and some of the different ways you can leverage co-brokering to generate more revenue and profit for your company. Again, if you're confused, I understand, you know, some of you were very new to the industry. Don't, don't let it confuse you. Just understand that there are other opportunities um, if you do not have a specific, if you don't have the knowledge in a specific niche where you can partner with other brokers to generate additional revenues and profits. So I hope that helps. All right, guys. So then I'm going to wrap it up for today. Listen, if you're curious about becoming a freight broker or freight agent, if you're, if you're on the fence and you're debating on whether this is something that you think is right for you, here's what I suggest. Go to freightbrokerbootcamp.com, enroll in my course. I have a one-year gold membership and I have a platinum lifetime membership. It's very affordable. Plus, I offer a 60-day, 100% ironclad guarantee, right? If you're not 100% happy with the course, you just send us an email and we'll refund the course anytime during the first 60 days. Hope you guys enjoyed this. Have an awesome day and we'll talk next week. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. I'm humbled that you allowed me to be a part of your day. Now subscribe to the podcast so we can do this more often. And for those of you that take the next 15 to 30 seconds to rate and review the podcast, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate it. And who knows, maybe we'll give you a shout out on a future episode.